You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We have the faith the one New Zealand Warriors in the top eight, <laughs> sitting fifth on the table. But what a great, what a great start! What a great start! And one of the teams in the top eight, they have a bye in the next round, Manly Seagulls. So hopefully, we'll stay in the top eight. Joining us now, oh, one of the greatest Warriors men in the world, Fonzie, joins us now. Fonzie, welcome in. G'day, Staffy. Great to be here, mate. Defensively. Brilliant, I thought, for the Warriors if you compared it to previous seasons. Yep, I'd probably put it slightly differently. The gutsiest defence yeah. we've seen in a long time. Um, there's a bit of work to do maybe on structure and patterns, but it was gutsy. It was gripping and it was gutsy. You feel like Andrew Webster's worked on mindset before he's worked on attack and defence and... Oh, I'd give him a tick for that because the mindset of that team, while there were still errors, it was a bit clunky at times, that um, goal line defence, I loved it. Even though it wasn't pretty, I loved the attitude. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. No one no one in that team um, was doing anything other than giving everything they had to hold the line. And when, when mistakes were made in defence, you saw cover tackles, you saw last-ditch efforts that, you know, unless unless everyone's bought in 100%, you just don't see. There's some memorable ones like Chance holding Ponger up on the line or Corsi taking his man down on the sideline, but there were heaps in the middle too, Staffy, throughout the whole 80 minutes. Um, and it just felt gripping because it always felt like there was something happening. I didn't take notes in this game because I was too busy paying attention <laughs> to what was on the screen, kind of like the way an Origin game sort of grabs me where there's, there's non-stop intensity. There was some amazing defence, uh, last line defence from Pompey and Cossey, two players that have had a lot of question marks about them o- over recent times. They would have left the field feeling pretty good about their performances. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, they more than did their job in defence, and there was some good ball movement from centres who many, including me, uh, hadn't really given a lot of credit to in pre-season uh, to, to score some tries as well. So, yeah, look, they had a good day. I mean, I think the thing with particularly Cossey is that a guy at his stage of, at the stage of his career is not going to do that every week. So we, we shouldn't expect that that's his baseline. We, we should hope. But, you know, he'll have a shocker in the coming weeks. It's just the way, <laughs> the way it is at this point. Um, and, and we understand and accept that. But, gee, it's good to see that on his good days, he's very, very good. One player that hardly anyone was talking about before the game, but a lot of talking about him now, is Jackson Ford. What what an impression mm. he made. Mm. Both sides of the ball, yeah, he looks good, doesn't he? Really good mix of um, speed, strength, 
seems to know how to run the right lines, holds his edge up well in defence. He's one of these players who, um, you know, sometimes you get a player from a club who, you know, that club probably isn't using the player very well. There's been a few from the Dragons, I think, in recent years. And sometimes buying a player like that from the Dragons can be a bit of a a masterstroke because there's a lot of upside they haven't managed to tap. And I think he's in that category. What does your report card look like on Mitch Barnett? Yeah, Barnett. Well, look, he did all the things that we know Mitch Barnett can do well, which is heart, energy, um, sort of leads by example. He, he was really good. Um, I think before, last time we spoke, I was a bit uncertain about Mitch Barnett at prop because not so much about Mitch, but what it meant for our overall propping rotation. I mm. thought we might be a bit light. And something we did on the weekend that we didn't do in either trials is that when Barnett went off, we moved Tohu Harris up into prop. And Tohu is that bigger body. And I thought the balance of the propping rotation with Tohu at prop when um, Adam Fanua Blake went off was good. And so I think we got the best out of all of our middles with that rotation. So I think that was a change that Webster made that went really well. The only downside is it had Tohu Harris playing 80 minutes, including 40 at prop, and I don't know if he can do that for 25 rounds of the year. 51 tackles, Tohu Harris. He, that guy has got ticker. Yeah, unbelievable. He's almost not human, Tohu. He did this in 2020 as well, um, in the year when you know we were getting smashed by COVID and we really showed a lot of ticker. And, and he did the same thing, sort of these 80-minute these performances. But I just do worry about whether that's a sustainable model. I feel like he needs a break, at least in some games, when Walker comes on and, and gives him a spell. So I do still have a bit of a worry around whether we've got enough props in the squad so that we're not relying on Tohu to do two jobs, if that makes sense, Daffy. That's yeah. my worry with Tohu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been asked to do so, so much. And the, the, I do want to talk to you about the Dolphins, but before we leave the Warriors, yeah. um, Sean Johnson, um, I saw good and I saw not so good, but um, yep. am I am, am I rose-tinted glasses saying I was quite encouraged by glim- – I, I saw glimpses of the old Sean. Yep, yeah, a couple of line breaks. Um, you know, he can still move pretty well over 15 metres, no doubt about that. His kicking game wasn't wasn't perfect, but I mean, I don't think I don't think any half on the field was perfect on the weekend. It's round one. He was better than in the trial, so no, I think there's reasons to be optimistic for Sean. But can I just say, I, I think the best player on the field was Wade Egan. I mm. thought he was unbelievable. One of the, a really subtle performance, but. You know, Cameron Smith, almost level of quality from him. And I think each of our spine players showed me something that was impressive. And I'm really actually quite positive about how they might all come together. Yeah, because Chance was, um, he, he dropped a couple of high balls and, and, and I'm sort of, I'm okay with that in, in game one. But if we can keep that that spine and, and it's it's a throwaway line, but it's proved to be so important. Championship winning teams and top eight teams, they, they manufacture a, a good spine. So good start by Chance yep. and as you say, Wade Egan as well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, the the pieces are there. Um, I think the the question is when, you know, you can only play with based on guts and energy and doing it for your coach for so long. So the question now is, as that fades away and we get into the grind, what's Webby got? I reckon he's got a lot. 
but we're not going to do it on guts for 25 rounds. No. So what we need to be watching now is what does it look like when, when, the, when that desperation and guts just falls into a grind? What do we really got? What we did get in the weekend were a couple of upsets. I think the Broncos against the Panthers on Friday. Um, yeah. That's a monster for the Broncos, isn't it? It's massive. And if you look at the stats for that game, I, I sort of keep an eye on stats a bit, Staffy, because I'm always trying to look at what are the the things that decide whether you win games or not. And so the Broncos got dominated in possession. They got dominated in run metres and were pretty much on parity for metres per carry. You should never win a game if that happens. That should, you shouldn't win a game if you get dominated in those stats. Mm. So that tells me that Penrith's machine is badly misfiring. Yeah, the gears aren't clicking because the base was fine. They made the metres, they won possession, all those things that you know are the, the bedrock of winning a game. So I think they're missing that hooker and there's something else there where they're just not firing. But they did enough to win that game twice, Penrith, in terms of the fundamental metrics of the game. So I'm certainly not writing them off, and I'm not getting carried away with Brisbane, uh, but an impressive scout for Brisbane this early. It's amazing, actually. I've just clicked on their stats. Penrith were, Mm. in all of the attack stats, were ahead in passing, nine offloads versus four, uh, 486 receipts versus 391. Total passes, they had 80 more passes. Um, Kicking, it's forced dropouts. It's everywhere. If, if you showed me those stats and said, without having watched the game, what was the score? I would have said Penrith 30 to 6. Yeah, <laughs> just alarming. But the yeah. Dolphins, I watched that game. I thought I'd just click in, watch the Roosters, put a number on them, turn it off after 20 <laughs> minutes. My God, what what an atmosphere, 32,000 at Suncorp Stadium. Old man Wayne in the coach's box doing his uh, grimace the whole 80 minutes. What a fantastic game of league. Yeah, it was good. I have to admit, I didn't get to watch it live because I actually took my family down to Leichhardt Oval for the game that was on next. <laughs> and so we were we were on the hill watching reserve grade at Leichhardt while that game was on and I was sort of keeping an eye on my phone. But uh, yeah, look, I mean, again, they're, they're similar, right? In the sense that it's a team that's sort of come together, a lot of new players, a lot of experience forwards. Wayne Bennett's got them gut, playing gutsy, desperate. Um, there's a lot going on there. The question will be, where are they in 10 rounds? When all that's worn off, a couple of injuries to a couple of these veteran forwards, inexperienced players coming through, can they still do that? I, I don't know. I'm not saying no. But, um, yeah, it was a great feel-good story to start the round. Yeah, j- just some of their players, like Jermaine Asako, just looked re-energised. He-, he was fantastic. Mm. Um even even the old blokes, you know, Jesse Bromwich and his brother Kenny Bromwich, they were good. But Felice Kafusi for me, was just yep. beast mode. Yeah, he's probably their marquee signing to this point, Staffy, if they've got one. I mean, he's a, he's a genuine um, origin player who can hold down an edge defensively better than anyone and, and also plays a good role in attack. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's an out-and-out star, Kafusi. What's going back to the Warriors? Couple of really tough games for them coming up. Um, is there a possibility we could win one of those? Definitely, yeah. I mean, the Roosters lost on the weekend, as you said, and they've got plenty of injury problems. Um, meanwhile, as far as I know so far, we've come out of that game fit and at full strength and with a bit of confidence. So, can we fly over to Sydney and beat the Roosters on their home ground while they're in a dip? Absolutely, we can.
I don't. I don't think. I don't think there's anything about the Roosters on the weekend that made you think they're in a different class right at this minute to us. Um, so yeah, absolutely, we can win. I'm going to be there on the weekend, so we'll see what happens. Oh, we usually win when you go too, don't we? I've got a pretty good record. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I'll hold you there. And then the following week, I know we're going a long way ahead, but then up to Townsville to take on the Cowboys. It's a pretty tough start for the Warriors. Um, going to be a wee while till they play back in Auckland. Um, I sort of said a pass mark was one win out of the next two, but I'm starting to think maybe a pass mark's two out of two. <laughs> we're doing the classic Warriors thing of getting ahead of ourselves a bit here, aren't we? I think, look, I think um, one out of two would be fantastic, really, because we all know the Roosters are and we'll be a good team, and same with the Cowboys. I'm a bit worried about the effect of travel, coming to Sydney, going to North Queensland. You know, we might get beat up a bit on the weekend from a Roosters with a point to prove. So, um, yeah, look, I, I, if you offered it to me now, I'd take one out of two quite happily. But it's, it's more about, you know, do we see that sort of level of guts and determination repeated, but also do we see that transitioning into a, a bit more smart play? You know, better patterns of play. That's what we want to see. And in a way, it doesn't really matter if we do or don't beat the Cowboys. If we can see that progression, it'll point to good things to come. Who are the, finally, Fonzie, uh, the, the big winners and the big losers from the weekend, do you think? Either teams or players? Oh, I think the big winners were the Dragons because they didn't play. Um, I think last time I was on your, on your show, I said I was looking at them for the spoon. And with the Dolphins winning... Um, the Dragons haven't had to go out and put a performance on yet, but, you know, I think, yeah, that, I think the Dragons probably stocks raised because we didn't see them play. I don't think they're much of a footy team this year. <laughs> uh, winners, well, look, I mean, Brisbane are going to be excited about having got that result, but I think there's a bit of fool's gold there for the reason we talked about around the stats and the underlying sort of foundations of that game. Um, I mean, I think the Warriors are definitely a big winner. I think that... You know, can you imagine if we were sitting here having this conversation, having got done? It, it's just such a different mindset across the, the club and the fan base. So I'd put us up in that category. Um, who else sort of caught my eye? You've got to say the Dolphins, don't you? Again, same thing. If, if they lose, imagine it's just a different narrative. It's just such a different mindset. So I think, you know, in a way, the Warriors and the Dolphins aren't that different, Staffy. Uh, we're a rebirth club and they're a new club that's grown out of a very stable New South Wales Cup Foundation. You know, and people talk about the Dolphins being thrown together, um, new spine, new roster, new coach and stuff. It's not that different with the Warriors Staffy in a way. And uh, we sort of shouldn't forget that. Are the Dolphins going to play all their games at Suncorp or are they going to have some at their home stadium? Yeah, I, I believe it's a mix. They're going to do a mix of games at Suncorp, more your marquee games, and then some at their home stadium, because I think that's only sort of your thirteen to 15,000 capacity. Mm-hmm. So for the bigger games, they'll be at Suncorp and the others up at Redcliffe. Um, and I think that's important that they sort of connect with that Redcliffe community, because there's a lot of league fans up there. Yeah, oh, I was. Just, I couldn't have been more delighted for them watching them and just the anticipation for all of those fans waiting for all this time since it had been announced. Um, not tremendous recruiting on paper. I don't. I don't recall people saying, "Oh, they've recruited fantastically. They're a bottom three side." Yes, it's Wayne Bennett, but they're going to struggle. Just being a Dolphins fan today must feel amazing. Yeah, and they recruited a lot of projects. So you mentioned Jermaine Asako, who everyone in league has known that 
guy's got talent, but it's been getting him to put it together, put it together consistency, consistently, work on different parts of his game. And you, know, you get the feeling that Wayne Bennett's picked up some of these project players and he's probably going to make the project successful. So, And that's exciting because you're seeing that growth in the players under your coach. So same thing we're seeing with the Warriors, Murphy. Awesome, mate. Um, great to chat to you, buddy. And no doubt we'll do it again over the season. Uh, every time, just win after win after win for the Warriors. It'll be a brilliant chat. Sounds good, Staffy. Cheers, buddy. There he is, Fonzie, uh, co-host of this Warriors Life podcast, which you can find on um, Spotify everywhere. It's everywhere, and it's great yarn. Great yarning with the lads. And um, Fonzie in particular, he always gives himself to us for a few minutes to talk in RL and that Dolphins result 28-18 over the Roosters I mean the Roosters and Penrith both losing for the competition not not saying that the Roosters fans are Penrith fans not not giving you the the bird but for the competition what an injection you know having the Broncos back up and winning again the Rabbitohs with their huge fan base getting over the Sharks um, the Cowboys sneaking one over the Raiders um, I guess the disappointing one for me over the weekend was probably the Bulldogs um, getting pumped by the Sea Eagles with the biggest margin of victory. And just a reminder, we had our sweepstake or Calcutta or whatever you want to call it on Friday, and Blake from Auckland predicted Manly would win by 26, and they won by 25, but you were by far the closest, Blake, so $50 TAB bonus bet. We'll do that again on Thursday or Friday for this week. It's always a, a good time to get your crystal balls out and see who's going to be the dominant teams in Super Rugby and the NRL. Uh, so thank you to Fonzie for checking. It's uh, chatting NRL. We'll take a break and we'll come back.